Welcome, everybody, to the Coast to Coast podcast. My name is Griffin. Uh, welcome in. I am joined by our illustrious host, Liam. How are you doing? We're doing well, doing well. Uh, getting ready to watch uh, some more basketball here. You know, are they going to choke it? I don't know if I can handle that in my group chat. I got a lot of Boston buddies. Uh, I might actually have to delete my phone. Yeah, Boston fans are super annoying, so... <laughs> I hate to be the one to say it. if you're a Boston fan, I you guys are so privileged, bro. But anyways, <laughs> we are going to jump into our uh, mock draft 1.0, uh, going to be discussing uh, mostly the lottery today, but we will have, I think we'll go through our entire uh, first round mock today um, and break that stuff down. Um, and we'll put this all up on socials later so you can, you know, check out the full list in picture format. But today, uh, I think we just start off straight from the top. I think uh, this is the general consensus, number one, uh, basically for everybody uh, in the NBA draft community. And uh, that's Victor Webanyama going to the San Antonio Spurs. I don't know if we have a whole lot to say on that just because he's a generational prospect. Maybe not as much as the guys on ESPN have been saying, like the best draft prospect ever. But he's still – he's up there. So, yeah, Victor Robinyam, I don't know if you have anything to add there. Yeah, I think when it comes down to it, um, the Spurs need to be aggressive and actually going to spend money this offseason and trying to get, you know, some foundation guys around him. You know, I know mm -hmm. Austin Reeves is a name that's been thrown out. You know, perhaps a team like Phoenix looking to unload on a Chris Paul contract to bring in a veteran point guard. I think that's what they need to do. They're not going to win year one with Wembenyama. It's going to be about his third year when you can really, you know, go at it with him because, you know, he's got the shot-making abilities. His efficiency hasn't been great in terms of three. I, I imagine, you know, he'll see his struggles shooting-wise. I think, you know, in the 32 range uh, in terms of three-point percentage. But, you know, he's a dominant uh, defensive prospect. You know, they won the lottery. You know, no doubts about that. They got Tim Duncan, you know, in 1997 uh, or – yeah, 97, I think. And then mm -hmm. David Robinson before that, you know, they got their their twin towers over there. And then now they get the next best big man prospect, probably since Tim Duncan, uh, as far as I know. Um, you know, go, I mean, because Dwight Howard wasn't in that room. Yeah. When he is so uh, interesting to see. Uh, I really hope that Pop, you know, kind of gives him some creative freedom, you know, especially uh, with the team that, you know, the culture is, you know, really fundamental basketball. And uh, it's good that, you know, Manu, Tony Parker, and uh, Tim Duncan are going to be mentoring him through this process. So, yeah, Wemby number one, no one's good. Yeah, fairly easily. Um, and just jumping off something you said and kind of disagreeing, I do think that the Spurs will try to compete with this team early on. And I think they could be like a Fred Van Vliet possible location um, just because I think they want to maybe maximize pop. Because uh, he's even though he's coming back this year and he probably will be the first for the foreseeable future, he is still the oldest coach in the league kind of by far. So I see them kind of doing that. But moving on to number two, uh, we have Charlotte. And this is kind of where the draft starts in my opinion, I think in Liam's opinion as well. And I think the general consensus is that well, because Charlotte has a big, big decision to make. But uh Liam take it away who do you, who do you have uh the coast to coast podcast selecting in our mock draft yeah I think you gotta take Scoot Henderson I mean in any other draft this guy's going number one um you know there's a lot of talk of you know how are you gonna put two guards you know ball dominant guards next to each other 
But uh, you got to know that, like, LaMelo Ball is a great shooter, you know, uh, has shot a lot of threes in his career, you know, hasn't been, you know, extremely healthy as of late. But, you know, all-star, all-NBA potential guy. You know, going alongside Scoot, Scoot, you know, in the process of developing his jumper and, you know, kind of looking at the contrast of this pick, you know, going Brandon Miller. I think it's a little bit of an exaggeration saying it's a LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman type of mistake that could be made made because I'm personally very high on Brandon Miller. I, I think a wing that can, you know, stuff the stat sheet, you know, those are guys that, you know, lead you to the promised land. You know, think of a guy like, um, you know, LeBron James, for example, Jason Tatum, what he's doing now. If you can rebound, you can, you know, play make and you can score, like you're going to be a very high valued wing in this league. But, you know, the edge does go to Scoot. Um, you know, if they're worried about, you know, character concerns with whatever happened with Brandon Miller, you know, Scoot's the guy to go with. And, uh, you know, people may say, you know, talk about stats and that stuff like that. But uh, the way I see it is the G League isn't really, you know, uh, a place where you're going to see people put up, you know, crazy stats along the lines of that. But, um, you know, it was a developmental process, you know, being able to go against NBA talent uh, that you don't really see uh, in the NCAA and international uh, some international leagues. So uh, give me Scoot Henderson. Uh, I think that's something that we've agreed upon. Uh, yeah, well, I definitely agree with that, Liam. Uh, just considering, I think, you know, Brandon Miller, uh, considering they have had another issue with another wing in Miles Bridges, and it seems like they are bringing them back. Like, you, I don't know character-wise how that might play out in Charlotte. And I think, you know, when you're a team like Charlotte where you don't have that much going for you, you take the best prospect prospect available and just try to make it work. Um, I think LaMelo can play off the ball, like you said. Um, and I think, you know, concerning, you know, like maybe his G league stats weren't as impressive this year as they were last year. I think, you know, he cemented himself as bare minimum, a top three lottery pick in the draft and kind of coasted. And I think that that's reasonable to expect uh, with a guy like that. Um, so I don't. I completely agree. I think Scoot's the pick here, and I. I, I don't think you think twice about it. Um, but moving on, the guy you mentioned uh, before when talking about the kind of the two A and two B of this class is Brandon Miller, um, and we have him going number three to Portland. This is barring uh, no trades happening because Portland is definitely one of the premier teams looking to maybe move down in this draft to try to gain some assets to bring around Dame. Uh, what do you think, uh, barring any trade, what do you think uh, Brandon Miller brings to Portland? Yeah, I think at this point, I mean, we've seen a lot from Shaden Sharp that, you know, he can be a potential future in this franchise. And, you know, what we've seen from Anthony Simons as well. Um, I think when it comes to the Brandon Miller, he slots in perfectly to that team that I feel like ever since Damian Lillard has been a Portland trailblazer, they've been kind of lacking, uh, you know, production at the three. And, um, you know, when it comes to the topic of trading this pick, you know, I truly think uh, it'd be a mistake. I don't think Portland's in a position, you know, to compete uh, where they're at. I think there's a lot of question marks to the center position. You know, Yusuf um, Nurkic, when he came over from the Nuggets, was fantastic. But kind of ever since the last couple of seasons, he's been very injury prone and, you know, hasn't been able to be on the court for them. And regardless of how great he's been when he's on the court, you know, availability is, you know, one of the biggest things in terms of NBA. Uh, likewise, I think it's just, due diligence that they owe Damian Lillard to send him to the, you know, destination where he can win, uh, you know, a different situation than Portland. And I think if you have a young nucleus with Anthony Simons, you know, Shaden Sharp, Brandon Miller, hopefully you're able to get, you know, at least a late lottery selection for Damian Lillard 
you know, in this draft, you can truly have a great roster going forward because the West is stacked. You know, uh, I think there's a lot of teams that are continue on the rise. And uh, I think Portland just needs to keep that pick and, you know, potentially acquire another one in this draft. But who knows? Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think kind of the, the mindset that Portland at least has been reported, I think is kind of, I don't agree with it at all, considering like, you know, Dame is uh, almost in his late 30s now. Like, how much longer do you think this is going to go on for? And I think just for both sides, if Damian Lillard really wants to win a championship, he's not going to do that in Portland. Guys like Anthony Simon, Shaden Sharp, and Brandon Miller aren't going to be, you know, at the level that Damian Lillard would need them to be at in order to make a deep playoff run like he wants to do. Um, and I think if you just gather more and more assets, you draft Brandon Miller, you build towards the future, you you have a nice young core with Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp, and Brandon Miller, I think that's the move, as opposed to trading the three pick to try to get someone uh, maybe more established in the league. Uh, but moving on to the Rockets at number four, um, we have Anthony Black being taken here. Uh, Liam, walk me through that thought process. Yeah, so I think uh, a lot of people have, you know, a men Thompson. Yeah, sorry, folks. Internet died. Awesome. So uh, a guy, you know, an Anthony Black uh, that both of us are very high on. Um, I think uh, one of the things that you see talked about a lot is you know, guys being played off the court in playoff games when they aren't able to shoot. I mean, look at the trajectory of a guy like Bruce Brown, you know, shout out to you, a guy that wasn't able to shoot, but, you know, saw success, you know, now being able to shoot with Jokic in that offense uh, is extremely valuable. And while Anthony Black, you know, is far from a good shooter at all, I think he's at least a step above a men Thompson. And, you know, this new team, you know, not a new team, but kind of a new idea with Ime Adoka you know, coming into Houston, uh, I think Anthony Black fits perfectly in that lineup. If you're running Black at the one, Jalen Green at the two, uh, Jabari Smith at the three, uh, Tari Eason at the four, and Alperin Sangoon at the five. Uh, I honestly think if, you know, Ime Adoka is able to bring that, you know, what he was able to bring in Boston, you know, before his dismissal uh, into Houston, this is a team that I think could be a sneaky play at a 10 seed. You know, that Sangoon's got all-star potential. You know, Jalen Green's a guy that can score 23 points a game. I love what Tari Eason does on the defensive end uh, and as well as the offense. And, you know, Jabari Smith was rightfully so a top three pick. Uh, I think Anthony Black is going to be the facilitator that this team needs, you know, because that's the one thing that's, you know, while good Jalen Green, you know, he's not really going to be that primary ball handler for you. You need a guy that can play make for others. And, you know, Anthony Black is also fantastic on the defensive end. And if, you know, Jalen Green is your one weak spot in that team in terms of defense, you know, that's fine. Uh, while, you know, Amen Thompson, you know, is a superior defensive prospect, I think uh, I like what I've seen from Anthony Black. And, um, you know, the uncertainty of the Thompson Twins, I think, will be something that we'll talk about throughout this draft. You know, whether one of them drops or not, uh, that will be seen. Yeah, I completely agree with that because on my personal big board, Anthony Black is my fourth highest rated player. And I think it's for all the reasons you just mentioned, being a much not better facilitator, but also being able to facilitate while also being good in the half court offense, I think is going to be key. And especially I think for a team that doesn't have the brightest prospects for the future, like the Rockets don't like do have. 
Um, I think maybe Anthony Black is the safer pick here um, just to bring a more like, you know, we we have voiced our concerns on the Thompson twins uh, multiple, multiple times regarding, you know, the half court offense, three point ability and the guy their level of competition in overtime elite. Um, and I think Anthony Black is just a more proven player. And I uh, I, under- I understand your uh, rationale behind that. Um, but yeah, moving on to number five, we got Detroit here on the clock. Uh, what do we got? Yeah, I think, you know, this was a team that would have loved to land, you know, in that top three and be able to select Brandon Miller. But, you know, they're going to go with the next best wing available and they're going to take Cam Whitmore out of Nova. Uh, a guy that, you know, Committed to Villanova and then to a surprise, Jay Wright announced his retirement. A guy who's been key, you know, in the development of some of the best, you know, NBA players in this league, whether it be Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart, Mikel Bridges, you name it. Uh, a lot of those guys, you know, developed, you know, the core principles uh, that have helped lead them to be, you know, uh, key contributors in this league. And with Cam Whitmore, I think, you know, a lot of his weaknesses were put on display given the fact he played on a poor Villanova team that, you know, failed to qualify for the NCAA tournament. Uh, You know, a lot of problems in terms of, you know, uh, failing to, you know, make the right pass at times, you know, or failing to pass it all, you know, kind of the Michael Porter Jr. uh, mentality. (laughs) But, uh, you know, uh, I think, you know, the physical tools of him are, are excellent, you know, has some ability to create his own shot, which is, you know, something people need because, you know, looking at the Miami Heat, I think a big reason for their struggles in these last, you know, couple of games leading into this game seven have been, you know, outside of Jimmy Butler, there's not a lot of offensive creation on this team. You know, sure, like uh, Martin's been playing well, but, you know, that's a lot of, you know, catch and shoot, just going to the rack, you know. Gabe Vincent's fine, but, you know, when you want to win, you know, championships in this league, you need to have, you know, elite shot creators uh, and elite shot makers on this team. Uh, I think, you know, Cam Whitmore, he's not going to be asked, you know, to be a major ball handler in this offense, you know, with Kate Cunningham returning from injury, and Jay Ivey being one of the more impressive rookies last season. Uh, I think uh, Detroit's trending in the right direction. Uh, you know, got to figure out what the situation is with their front court uh, because their power forward and center positions are very interesting. But I expect Duran uh, is going to be the guy going forward at the five. Uh, who knows that mix of uh, bigs they have will be at the four. Uh, I know Bogdanovich is on the roster, but he could be a guy that's looked to be moved this offseason uh, if they want to go in a more younger direction. Yeah, for sure. Really disappointing for Pistons fans, and I feel them. Uh, but I think this is definitely the right pick here. Kind of like maybe a plussed-up Shadiq Bay that they've had uh, in the past couple of years, uh, pairing Cam Whitmore with uh, Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey. I like the pick there. Uh, moving on to number six in this mock draft, we have uh, the Orlando Magic taking Asar Thompson. Uh, Liam, break us down why Asar over Amen, because Amen seems like the consensus, uh, at least in terms of the draft draft experts that we've been uh, we've been viewing and listening to and watching and all that sort of stuff, uh, seem to have been the better of the Thompson twins. Why is uh, Asar better for the Magic than Amen? Yeah, I think taking a step back, I mean, uh, honestly, Amen is, you know, seen as a superior prospect and due to, you know, his elite level athleticism, you know, probably one of the more athletic prospects we've seen probably in the last two decades, you know, since the 2000s. Um, and then, you know, doesn't really, you know, he's also a very good playmaker as well. But I think Asar fits perfectly in this team. You know, it seems like they're trending in the direction that, you know, uh, whether it be Markel Fultz stays there or Jalen Suggs is able to get over this hump that he's been in his career. 
Uh, the one position is kind of loaded. You know, also Cole Anthony is there as well. And uh, a guy in a men Thompson is kind of fit to be a point guard in this league. Doesn't really have, you know, the uh, shooting ability to be uh, a two guard. And I think Asar Thompson fits perfectly for this team. He is the superior defensive prospect of the brothers. And, you know, during his last couple stretch at OTE showed some great flashes as being a shooter. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a great shooter coming into it, but we'll get later in this draft where they'll address that problem. I think if he slides in at the two, you know, they got a lot of, you know, height and versatility on this team. You know, assuming a roster looks along the sides of Markel Fultz wanting to run, running at the one, uh, you got uh, Asar Thompson at the two, Franz Wagner, Paolo Bancaro, and Wendell Carter Jr. with a plethora of uh, other options coming off the bench. I think this Orlando Magic team is looking, you know, to make a run for it. You know, Paolo was very inefficient last season, uh, but, you know, showed some great signs, you know, still scored 20 points a game. And I think Franz Wagner is one of the most underrated players in the league uh, for his ability, you know, uh, to create and uh, as an offensive threat. So uh, I got a Sar Thompson for those reasons. I think he fits in perfectly to this roster. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. And I think that's uh, sound logically. I, I, I think that's an excellent point you made. Uh, moving on, uh, number seven, we have the Indiana Pacers. Um, and this is kind of where Liam and I kind of diverge a little bit uh, in regards to who they have picking here. But uh, overall, I think we kind of landed on two players. Uh, but we have Jairus Walker as of now at number seven. Um, and I think that's an excellent pick. Um, but also, I think Taylor Hendricks could be the guy here um, just because it's clear to me that Indiana needs a four. Uh, break down why uh, Jairus Walker was the guy for you, Liam. Yeah, so I think when it comes down to it, you know, the address, the position to address is the power forward position. You know, while Miles Turner has been a guy that's been in trade rumors his entire career, it seems that he might stay on this roster given the trajectory. Uh, but look at the four position, you know, they added Jalen Smith last season, you know, uh, as as good as he may be, you know, he's not really a starting caliber player. Uh, in this he's season. an all-star caliber player. I think adding uh, Jairus Walker is perfect for them. A guy that can defend, you know, has shown some passing ability, uh, you know, a little bit of a jump shot, you know, kind of has a whole arsenal of skills in his uh, tool bag. And I think adding that to this team, you know, allows to do a variety of pick and pop, pick and roll situations with Tyrese Halliburton, you know, one of the best playmakers, you know, in this league. And, you know, whether, you know, Buddy Heald stays, they still have guys like Chris Duarte, you know, Ben Matherin, who was fantastic to start last year's rookie season. Um, I think adding Jairus Walker to, Walker to this roster uh, is the perfect fit, but I totally understand uh, the opinion for Taylor Hendricks, but, you know, uh, I like that, you know, we were able to see a lot of Walker, you know, despite them going down uh, to the Hurricanes uh, in the NCAA tournament, uh, we still saw a lot of potential from him, you know, playing on a very high-level Houston team. So, yeah, at number eight, moving on, uh, uh, we have Amen Thompson dropping all the way uh, towards the Wizards. And I think this the Wizards fans would be ecstatic if this happened um, just because, you know, Johnny Davis was sort of disappointing as a rookie. And I think uh, this is kind of the guy that could kickstart a Washington re uh, Wizards rebuild uh, with, uh, you know, all the potential that he has. Uh, break down why he's great for the Wizards. Yeah, I think kind of, you know, if it's not a men Thompson, they need to take a pick to swing for the fences. Mm -hmm. uh, this has been one of the most disappointing teams ever since the departure of John Wall of uh, the Wizards. You know, Bradley Beal has now, you know, 
entered the stage where his contract extension that he received, you know, he is far below the value of what his contract is. You know, we saw a great season, you know, from Kyle Kuzma and as well as Chris Topsporzingis, both putting up career highs. Um, but, you know, who knows if those guys stay. I believe Kyle Kuzma uh, is going to enter this offseason as a potential free agent. Uh, if not, I know that he's probably going to be. The I think guy. he's restricted. But we'll see, you know, if they end up matching that. I'm not sure. Uh, this is a team that also has a weird, you know, collection of wings. You know, Corey Kispert's a guy that they took out of Gonzaga, I believe, two years ago. You know, he's shown some ability, but he's much of a role player in this league. And, you know, uh, the foreign prospect, Danny Avija, that they took a couple years back, you know, still hasn't broken out. And at this point, you know, might start to write that off a little bit as a, you know, a missile pick. Uh, like you mentioned, Johnny Davis uh, last season, you know, really only came about at the end of the year when they kind of shut down Bradley Beal and started playing him some minutes, but still a disappointing pick. But uh, Men Thompson has, you know, all the tools that they possibly need. You know, putting him at the one doesn't really conflict with anything they have in their roster. And, you know, with the high-level athleticism, if they, they're going to be a team that can give him the time to develop, uh, you know, he could become, you know, an all-NBA player in this league. I think it's a perfect situation uh, for Thompson to land in. Mm-hmm, completely agree. Um, moving on, Utah Jazz at nine. We have them taking Keontae George out of Baylor. Liam, why is Keontae George a great fit in Utah? Yeah, so I think at the end of the day, uh, they're going to need a, a guard on this roster. You know, whether they take George, you know, uh, Nick Smith, uh, Case and Wallace, a variety of guards available at this range in the draft. Uh, I think with Keontae George, you know, he gives you that shot-making ability. Uh, to be able to compliment Markinen and Walker Kessler. You know, a guy that, you know, doesn't get uh, regarded a lot is, you know, a good defender. You know, is very active in the lanes, can get steals. Uh, you know, a lot of people like to pin on the Jamal Murray uh, tag on him. You know, if he's anything like Jamal Murray, that'd be amazing. A guy who just averaged 32 and a half points uh, in lieu to uh, Denver making the NBA Finals. So uh, we will see, you know, a team that's been kind of, up and was up and down this past season, you know, since the departure of Donovan Mitchell at the guard position, uh, you know, moved on my, my, uh, Mike Conley. I ended up getting in that tray, you know, Russell Westbrook getting waived, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, uh, you know, has a player option. I expect him to opt out and look to, you know, go to a team where he can be a big contributor for a winning team. Uh, you know, who knows about Colin Sexton on this roster? I uh, didn't really get the playing time I expected him to this season, but I think with Keontae George, you know, he has upside to be, you know, an 18-plus point-per-game scorer. And, you know, even if, you know, marking it isn't in the future, I think having a core, you know, of Walker Kessler and Keontae George would be great because uh, this team we thought would be finishing a lot lower, you know, higher in this lottery. Uh, but they land uh, where they do at number nine. I think Keontae George is a good upside pick, uh, a guy that hopefully you can fix, you know, some of his problems that we saw at display on Baylor, you know, a lot of his turnover, turnover issues. But, uh, could be a turn out to be a really good pick for them. Yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, we have number 10, uh, the Dallas Mavericks. We had them taking Taylor Hendricks, and I think this would be a perfect fit uh, in Dallas. Taylor Hendricks is probably one of my best or my favorite players in this entire draft. Uh, just a great 3 and D prospect. Liam, break down why he would be great in Dallas, even though Griffin would personally hate it. <laughs> Well, I mean, this is a match made in heaven for Dallas, you know, a team that really struggled on the defensive end, you know, likely you're going to see when you have Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic running out there for 35 plus minutes per game, uh, you know, Christian Wood not being the guy 
you know, at center uh, that can defend the rim, you know, really just an offensive guy, nothing really else out there. You add a guy in Taylor Hendricks with great two-way potential, uh, you know, was able to protect the rim at UCF, was kind of put on full display, you know, on a UCF team that doesn't really see, like, these kind of guys come around often, uh, you know. Uh, shot great from three, you know, was able to get to the rack, a very explosive player. I think, you know, being able to do pick and pop, pick and rolls uh, with Luka Doncic, you know, he's kind of a step up of what Dorian Finney-Smith was for them, you know, and a lot more, you know, agile and long defensively. Uh, I think, I don't know what his true ceiling is in this league. You know, I don't know if he's an all-star guy, but like he's going to be impact winning immediately. Uh, you know, some names that, you know, when I thought, uh, you know, doing comparisons for him uh, was guys like Jared Vanderbilt, uh, you know, Grant Williams, but we could see him go a lot higher than that in terms of what his NBA uh, ceiling is. Uh, but, you know, a perfect fit. And if it wasn't going to be uh, him here, you know, Jarris Walker might be the guy that falls here and would be perfect uh, for Dallas, who luckily ended up not dropping for number 10 and keeping the pick. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I, I definitely agree with that. And I think, you know, maybe not the highest end that he could go, but I think like, Jeremy Grant, if you could get that out of Taylor Hendricks, would just be spectacular for Dallas um, and him him in general in the league. Uh, But moving on, number 11, we got Orlando uh, taking the boy Grady Dick, uh, giving hope for white boys everywhere. Um, I love love this pick here uh, just because I think Orlando, one of the worst three-point shooting uh, teams in the league last season, and Grady Dick can, you know, torch from beyond the arc uh liam do you want to break down any more why grady dick would be xl in orlando no i think you know you take a guy in asar thompson who doesn't have you know a guaranteed jump shot entering the league he's going to struggle you add a guy in grady dick who's gonna you know whether he's coming off the bench or starting you know uh, sparsely i think he's gonna be a great fit for this team to be able to make shots you know Around Paulo Bancaro and Franz Wagner, he's the typical role player that you want, you know, on a contending team. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I thought there's a lot of people that have been seeing his ceiling as a lot higher. You know, he started off very good this season at Kansas. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, they add, you know, a, a athletic, you know, three-point shooting wing who needs to, you know, adjust on defense, but they have a lot of defensive uh, pieces on that roster, you know, who knows that they end up keeping, you know, John Isaac. I know that's the decision they'll be looking at this summer, but uh, you have, you know, the high upside of a Sar Thompson, and then you complement it with a guy with an instant uh, high floor in Grady Dick. Yeah. Moving on, we got uh, number 12, the Oklahoma city thunder taking Leonard Miller out of Canada, who seems to be kind of a late riser in this draft. His name has been coming up more and more as the draft gets closer in regards to moving up in the draft, Liam, why is Leonard Miller the pick for Oklahoma city? No. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I was doing, doing my dives in the scoot Henderson, I kept seeing like, who's this Leonard Miller guy. That's like always up there in the stat sheets alongside him. And, you know, was doing some research into him. You know, he's a guy who I don't think was able to put all in display what he wanted to this season with Drew League at night, obviously with, you know, the marquee player and Scoot Henderson playing alongside him. Uh, but this is a guy, you know, big frame, uh, six foot ten, uh, six foot nine around there, long wingspan. Uh, you know, he's able to, you know, get to the basket. He's able to rebound, you know, has the positional versatility, uh, you know, to pl- defend three through five. I think this is the exact kind of player that, you know, a team in OKC is looking to get. I've seen people talk about them potentially adding Kaysen Wallace 
you know, to kind of have like that three guard rotation. But I think what they like, I like what they have in Trey Mann. I think that's, you know, something that they can use, you know, get a guy in free agency uh, and not waste the draft pick on that. You know, uh, who knows if, you know, Usman Zhang is going to develop for them or, you know, there are long-term plans with Lou Dort despite his contract extension. But, you know, if you're able to have, you know, Chet out there, you know, potentially throw in Leonard Miller uh, at the four, uh, I think this is, a you know, going in a great direction. You know, this is really a luxury pick for an OKC team that, you know, overperformed this last season. And it's going to, you know, continue to develop uh, with the young pieces on the roster because they didn't even have Chet last year and they went as far as they did. So who knows what we may see. Yeah, I completely agree. Usman Jang, like last year, even though I did like him, we both said he was definitely a prospect or a project for Oklahoma City. And just because of the plethora of draft picks they have, they can afford to take another project with this guy who's 6'10", has a 7'2 wingspan, has some guard skills like for sure, they could definitely afford to take a pick right here. And I think that's the right pick because if one of these guys hits, it's a game changer for OKC. So for sure. Uh, moving on, 13, we got the Raptors taking Case and Wallace. Uh, what's the mindset between, behind the Raptors uh, with this pick here? Yeah, so the impending free agency of Fred Van Vliet, it's assumed that he's going to depart from Toronto, you know, with a big payday in mind. You know, a guy that was key and instrumental. Uh, to that uh, championship Raptors team a couple years ago. Uh, so looking to fill the void, you know, they add a guy in case in Wallace who, you know, isn't a typical great shot creator, you know, like many point guards are nowadays, but he's a guy that's going to be very good defensively, you know, has all NBA defense, you know, all defensive, you know, acumen uh, for him. And, uh, you know, he's able to get shots, you know, be able to play make and, um, you know, the last thing you want is to add a non-shooting wing to this team, especially when you have a guy like Scotty Barnes, who despite him showing at times be able to hit the, the three, you know, that's not his main thing. Who knows the future of guys? I believe Gary Trent, Trent is a free agent as well. And uh, OG Ananobi has been in trade rumors uh, the last two seasons. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, if you add a guy in case of Wallace to be, you know, the point guard of the future for this team alongside Scotty Barnes, you know, this Raptors team has a long climb to get back to where they were, you know, unfortunately, Kawhi left and this team kind of, you know, went down the drain. But you still have Pascal Siakam, who knows if he's moved this offseason, but uh, that would probably bring in some more young talent. But uh, I like in terms of the options available, I think uh, Casey Wallace is the guy to go with. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, number 14, we have Derek Lively, the second uh, going to New Orleans. Uh, break down this pick, Liam. Yeah, so at first I was kind of uh, set on the fact that they go after a guy in Gigi Jackson, you know, with the health and situation of Zion Williamson, you know, being up in the air that they may go for a guy that they can put in at the power forward position, uh, you know, to replace him if Zion's nailed to be out there. But, you know, we saw a huge jump from guy like Trey Murphy, who I was really high on coming out of the draft, you know, as a three and D wing. Uh, seems like he's going to be in the long-term plans for that team. And, you know, instead of adding another wing, or a guard into this crowded team. Uh, I thought about, you know, we talked earlier about Kobe Bufkin being here potentially, but I think the last thing you need is a guy that has to have the ball in his hands or, you know, a primary ball handler on this team. When you have CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram showed good signs of the playmaker towards the end of last mm -hmm. season. I think you add Derek Lively, you know, who knows the future of Jonas Valanciunas when they're going to start paying a lot of the other guys on their roster. Um, I think with Derek Lively, we saw, you know, during his, you know, workouts and stuff, he's been showing 
a great ability to hit the three ball. And, you know, wasn't exactly what people thought he would be in the season that Duke, you know, kind of was a slow uh, riser in terms of what he was able to do at the end of the season. Uh, you know, if Kyle Flipowski was in this draft, uh, who knows who would be higher. I did have higher and a higher grade on uh, Kyle Flipowski. But uh, Derek Lively has shown a lot in these last couple of weeks. Uh, and especially as a defensive uh, prospect, you know, he's probably the best, you know, rim protector outside of Victor Webinyama in this class. And um, being able to have that just get a role guy, uh, you just hope he's better than Jackson Hayes because that's what they, you know, Jackson Hayes was what, you know, people uh, thought, you know, they're thinking the same thing what people are thinking about Derek Lively. And uh, you hope that, you know, Derek Lively still has some left in the tank, you know, one of the top high school recruits in his class. Uh, you know, he's able to be a good defender for this team, be able to make shots at times. You know, that's extremely valuable as well. If he's able to step out and hit the three, it opens up room for when Zion Williamson comes back and wants to dominate in the paint. So I think this is a perfect, you know, he's able to sit behind Jonas Valanciunas potentially for a year and really develop. And uh, I like the pick with Derek Lively here uh, to finish off the lottery. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you do you have any of – I think we're going to cut it off here for breaking down pick by pick. Uh, but, Liam, in our mock draft, do you have any picks that kind of jump out to you as being something you're really proud of or just love the fit for these guys on uh, throughout the rest of the draft? Yeah, uh, I have Jet Howard from Michigan going at number 18 to the Miami Heat. Uh, a team that's going to be very interesting regardless of what happens in this game seven in terms of how they're going to, you know, pay out these guys in their rosters. Max Struess is a guy that's going to be a free agent. Gabe Vincent's a guy that's going to be a free agent. You know, who knows if Miami's going to be able to lock both of them up. And, uh, you know, now with the luxury of the number 18 overall pick, they might say, let's keep Gabe Vincent. We can go and get, you know, our Max Struess replacement in the six foot eight Jet Howard, you know, son of Michigan coach Jawan Howard, you know, a great three point shooter. And kind of has exactly the tools that a guy like Max Struess has, but he's a lot younger. He's going to get that rookie contract. They're not going to have to worry about paying him for a while. Uh, that's my uh, that's why one of my favorite picks there as well. Uh, moving down the board, I love Chris Murray going to uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Who knows if Brooklyn is going to bring back Cam Johnson? I'd assuming they do, given that they you know traded uh, for him in that. But you know, Chris Murray, similar to his brother Keegan Murray, in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, a, le a lefty, he can shoot the three, he can play defense, you know, would be good to bring into that core, you know, alongside of uh, Mikel Bridges, Cam Thomas, and so on and so forth. And given that Brooklyn had two back-to-back -back picks, I added Jalen hood Shafino, you know, the mid-range specialist guard out of Indiana on uh, the pair alongside him. Uh, and then some guys to keep an eye out, um, you know, Bilal Koulibaly, you know, uh, from France. Played on uh, Mets '92, if I'm not uh, if I'm correct. No. Uh, mm -hmm. Going to the Kings, you know, a team that you know didn't really have a strong structure at the three position. I think a guy that can sit and develop. You know, the Kings. Uh, you know, they had a great season this past year. If they're able to develop him and you know make him, you know, the replacement to Harrison Barnes down the road, I think that's be a great pick. And then uh, looking down towards the bottom of the lottery, Amari Bailey's been a riser uh, from the NBA Combine. Uh, I like seeing him in this pick here going uh, to uh, the Clippers. But, you know, the bottom of the draft is not official yet, given that, you know, the NBA Finals has not finished out yet. So who knows exactly with that. Um, I also do like uh, Colby Jones from Xavier going to uh, the Pacers. Uh, you know, a, a older guard uh, who's able to, you know, fit in alongside Tyrese Halliburton as a secondary ball hander who can shoot the three and has some defensive abilities. But 
if you want to see the rest, uh, you can check that out on social media uh, at Coast to Coast. So uh, links will be down below for that. Yeah, uh, just to wrap up a little bit, I just want to shout out my guy, Kobe Bufkin. Um, he's definitely been, I don't know, another one of my guys. I think he could maybe even be, I don't know, a Tyler, Tyrese Halliburton or a Tyrese Maxey of this draft where, you know, kind of taken later, maybe end of the lottery, early in the teens uh, sort of guy. But I really love him, and we have him going number 17 to the Lakers, which would be exciting. Um, we will stay locked in on the NBA draft. We're going to hit you with some more content as the draft gets closer and closer. Uh, but yeah, uh, follow us on socials, like the video, subscribe, do all that sort of stuff. Um, and that's been coast to coast. We're going to, we're going to sign out. Peace.